Yo, 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 what is up, uh, Advanced Pro Basketball family, the APB show is going on, another week, going strong, uh, we got Ian Roth, or Riaf, I don't know exactly how to pronounce your last name. You got name, on the huh? second time, you got on the second Riaf, time. alright, for sure, shouts, <laughs> shouts to Ian back on the show, shouts to Zach Smith, also back on the show, uh, how you doing, homie? Good, good, just been working. Just been working, as, as we all are, and Sorry. I know... The hardest worker on the call right now, am I? What's good, man? Oh, God. Tired. <laughs> t- tired, gentlemen. Tired. Tired. I mean, day, day job is not enough these days. I, I also have to double back in uh, the Asper opinions uh, about ongoing changes uh, in all these front offices. Yeah, man. Well, you know yeah. what I try to do? I try to make this your escape uh, to to talk a little bit more about your opinions on, on the front offices. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> no, no, it's not just the front offices, though. It's a, it's a lot of NBA changes happening. I'll give you a quick rundown of just high-level topics, and, and, and you know where, where we kind of end up going. We go all different directions on this show. But the NBA might start December 22nd. Uh, the NBPA players' front offices are, you know, questionable. Not sure how they're thinking. The Jazz are reportedly being sold um, to Ryan Qualtrics. Uh, for a reported 1.6 billion uh, plus, uh, Maury is now the GM of the 76ers. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni joins his partner in crime in the 07 Suns team to be the assistant coach, along with the Spurs assistant uh, Ime Udoka. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Uh, with the Nets, who yep. have now this super-powered coaching lineup, I feel like. Uh, Stan Van to the Pelicans, Steve Silas to the Rockets, and the NBA revenue drops, but the cap is staying the same. A lot of shit to talk about. Um, Armai, I'm just going to let you choose. Where do you want to start? You know what? Uh, let's start out with just generally scoping all these high-level changes going on. Yes. Because, um, honestly speaking, I mean, okay, we get to hear about a lot of the ones that are obvious. I mean, the ones that are in the news. But, I mean, there are also actually a lot of changes going on with uh, the directors of player personnel. Um some guys that are actually uh, not returning to their organizations. Um, I mean, for instance, something that actually blew my mind right out of the water was the fact that Joe Dumars actually became uh, chief strategy officer for Sacramento. Mm, I mean, that in it that in itself uh, is a pretty big buy-in uh, by uh, Vivek Randavi, and I mean. I'm curious how that's really going to affect this whole scope of Monty being there and then uh, the coaching staff, how it's really going to affect them. I mean, uh, what does Joe Dumar, so, so like, uh, yeah. what does, what does that actually entail in terms of like a personality or what, what he might be doing? Like, why is that um, a, a bigger deal than, it was under the radar for me, and it's interesting that you well, brought it up. Well, I mean, it's to, frankly speaking, I mean, everybody sees it from different different aspects. But I mean, to me, the fact that now Joe Dumars is the guy uh, directly reporting to to Randavi, and mm-hmm. then uh, basically carrying on all the basketball conversation, and not the GM himself, is a huge change. I mean, the the chain of action and reaction usually in Sacramento oh. had been till now that uh, the the GM definitely directly reported to the ownership. Now that changes. 
Oh, he, so, he entered above the GM in terms yeah, of decision-making? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's actually uh, a pretty solid move on Dumar's end, I'd say. And it'll be curious to see how this actually rolls out across the season. And even right now during the draft, I'd say. I mean, um, I'm wondering if Dumar's is actually going to be a part of the war room for the Kings. Um I mean, they have a very solid relationship between him and Monty, definitely. Uh, and that's why he's definitely there. That, that's the obvious uh, result of things. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a very, I'd say, good move on Dumar's end. 100%, 100% good. Great move no, on Dumar's no, end. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. And I mean, like, I'll, I'll move along and um, even... Uh, Rafael Stone. I mean, him stepping up to be the GM of the Rockets, mm-hmm. and uh, again, guys like Maury moving away, and guys like Monty actually moving away to to take up the the next job. Sorry, the the Kings job. Um, I mean, it's really solid that Houston definitely wants to continue on to try to build up some momentum still, but like. Um, the, the the I think the well, I, I forget his name a lot. The, there was that assistant GM. I think it's either uh, Eli, Eli something. I mean, I I knew of him in the past. He he used to be the right hand man to uh, Rafael Stone. I mean, I I wonder what's really going to happen to him. I mean, is he going to step up and still? be a part of the organization or is he kind of moving away to try to do something else? Curious to see how that rolls out. And obviously my uh, amazing Knicks, um, they've really blocked off everything. I mean, Leon Rose now, president of basketball ops. Uh, Bill Wesley's there. Uh, Frank uh, Zanin is already there as well. Uh, Walt Perrin, he's also there. And Brock, uh, my good man, uh, becoming VP of basketball and strategic planning. I mean, they've got a really full bulked up front office in New York. Yet, uh, everybody's curious to see really how things are going to move on uh, with the draft war room and um, how things are really pan out. Yeah, the, these front office rosters are changing just as much as the <laughs> just as much as the player rosters this, this offseason. Well, it's crazy. It's all they, over. They are, and I mean, the the, the thing is, uh, it's this has been the offseason, I think, for all these front office moves to actually occur. And um, if we do not see major bounces or results coming up from all these changes. I'll be curious to see exactly how these keep on rolling out across the next season and even the next two seasons. And it's impossible for all of them to go great because it's almost every team. So there, there are going to be yeah. ones that work. There are going to be ones that don't work. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go to you, Ian, to, for you to pick whichever piece of news. Let's stay in, in the front office thing still. Yeah. Um, but pick, pick what, what news do you want to talk about? Which excites you the most? Well, I mean, I think like the elephant in the room always is the philadelphia 76ers yeah. like you know <laughs> just like defunct like that organization is just such an interesting case study and um 
you know, I'm really curious to see what happens in the off season with them. Uh, who's on the table, who isn't on the table. Do teams actually value Tobias Harris? I know from like a player personnel standpoint, you know, starting to talk a little bit more about the players, but it'll be interesting to see how that relationship between brand and Maury works. You know, I think you mentioned earlier that like Maury stepping in as a GM, but I think he's, I guess, a little bit directly under if that's the, the details. Um, but he, he'll definitely has, have significant power there. So it'll just be interesting to see, you know, if, you know, what kind of on-court implementations he'll make. He's great at finding these like diamond in the rough type guys that, you know, are, you can get on, you know, three year, $11.5 million, the Daniel houses of the world. So it'll be interesting to see like how many two-way guys he can try to get, you know, Willie sign, you know, Glenn Robinson, the third, the small kind of margin moves will also be interesting. At least from a player personnel standpoint. And, and I think Maury's a little bit misunderstood in terms of like the analytics portion. I think he, it's definitely like a major thing, but his thing, Maury's thing is I need as many stars. I need as many stars that I can get on the roster as possible. Um, whether or not Westbrook, the Westbrook deal was fully his decision or not, he still wanted Chris Paul. He still wanted, you know, Dwight Howard. He still wanted, you know, whoever can be that star next to Harden. And I think like the Embiid and Simmons break them up is an easy take to make, but I don't know if that's necessarily a Maury thing to do if you have two big stars like that to get rid of one of them, you know? Um, Zach, oh, sorry. I'm just getting one more thing to throw in there is he has draft picks now, but take it away. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Zach's just been chilling, hasn't gotten a word in, so I just need I just need your opinions on either this or you could transition us uh, if, you, if you don't want to stay on this topic. I was about to say with Maury, it's very it's gonna be really interesting to see just how he butts heads with Brand, considering mm-hmm. Brand is talking about how he wants more basketball guys in the front office and not analytics guys, which is really weird considering most Did of the Did he say that before ran. or after hiring Maury? It was, it was before. It was like right after the season ended. He said that um, like right after they fired Brett Brown. It was really interesting just to see that, just because a lot of what they do doesn't really fit into what generally falls under analytics. Like they, they don't shoot a lot of threes. They don't shoot well from three. They really didn't really have many floor spaces. So Tobias at times, but he's more like in the mid range, Josh Richardson, when he's making shots, most of their bench is really just athletic wings who can slash. So it's going to be interesting to see what, like what the first move is that Maury goes for. Um, maybe he brings some of the Houston guys with him. Like I could see Ben McElmore being a piece there possibly. I won't happen. I just don't know. Like, I don't know who you trade there besides maybe Thibel. I don't think he's going to break up Embiid and Simmons. I don't think that's the right move, at least right now. And Con, then with- you, Con, you know uh, the contract details. What's Thibel's current contract? Well, Thibel was, was a rookie last yeah. year. Um, he's like yeah. a two million dollar captain. So, yeah, so so he he has yeah. and and he was later in. So it's it's like three more years. Was he first round? I forgot. I think he was first yeah. round. He was definitely first, first round. Yeah. So he, so first round. he has two, he has uh, this year plus two more. Um, and then right. yeah. So Thibel's definitely also not going to be in the mix. Oh no, Thibel yeah. and Thibel like has a lot of potential. His shot was looking better, yeah. at least by the percentages. Now, uh, now, wait, wait a minute. I, I still, I still want to hear from, from Zach on his his thoughts about the the, the front office floor. 
76 is me too he's, he's, he's got a lot of curious stuff to to get in there come on and then yeah so like if you're trying to get off Horford too like that would have to be a salary dump and yeah I you really can't get any pieces from there like I know the Knicks were talking about taking on salary Charlotte would probably be an option there too, but like you'd have to give up picks too, and I don't think they'd be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. So, mate, uh, I think I think there's, there's a lot of questions there. Well, Horford's interesting because he has, he has a very large contract, but yeah. um, I think you can definitely do something like take back contract, take back a worse, maybe a similar level contract, but for less years. And since Horford's actually productive, then uh, you, you bring back a player that, you know, you need to take on for one year that can still kind of help, but you know that it's not going to be like high level help, um, but you're getting off the rest of the contract. So you don't need to give up too many assets. Uh, you're still in the same type of cap situation, but for not as long. I think they're going to, something like that will probably happen. Or bring in two players. Um, th- that way you can now trade to uh, one player with a lower level contract. So you get like, if, if uh, Horford's at $30 million, he's a little bit above. And you get two $15 million players. It's a little bit easier to move that $15, $15 million bad contract. Um, well, <laughs> right. And, and then you can do that. So And Maury's, Maury's the king of finding... Uh, just insane ways uh, to to make things work, right? Like with the Chris Paul trade, how many different like mini uh, minimums did he sign and and kind of pull pull his ten days up and make them a minimum or whatever he did. There was like eight players in that in that deal for Chris Paul uh, that was moving around or getting waived or or picking up some waiver wire and waving him just to make the money work. Um, and Mori will figure it out, I think. Uh, as long as he, I just don't know how much actual final say Mori is gonna have versus Brand, and I think that it's interesting. I I thought that Mori w- did have that uh, power. I I misread what what happened there, um, but I feel like Mori probably a part of the reason why he stepped down, such fire or whatever that actually was was because. I don't know if he was fully on board with the Westbrook deal. And he was like, if it works, it works. Dope. If it doesn't work, like, I'm out. (laughs) Like, I feel like that's probably something going on in his mind. I don't want to put words into Maury's mouth. I'm actually curious about, um, Aramai, any any thoughts you have on on this Maury to Sixers (laughs) stuff and whatever you can actually say? (laughs) Well, I mean, the the, the only kind of, like, major rumor I heard through the mill, the grapevine, was that Hinky and Maury, they actually had a conversation, like, two weeks prior to uh, the whole shutdown of Mori occurring. And um, that actually led to the whole circumstance of the Rockets front office deteriorating. I mean, I'll say the deteriorating for the fact that, I mean, they currently don't have the, uh, the circumstance to be able to move forward with any big front office names any longer. Now, with that said, actually, Brand is a very smart guy. I mean, um, I've admired how he's actually kept intact his uh, assistant GM and basketball ops guys uh, around him. I mean, both Ned Cohen and Alex Rucker, they're crazy good people to have on your side, especially during these rough times. They, they know a crazy good amount of people globally speaking. And uh, I've also heard that actually Eric Hughes, uh, one of the player development uh, coaches, 
he's up, he's also going to be a part of uh, Doc Rivers' uh, coaching staff. But I think the biggest move actually happened that really, really went under uh, a lot of the radars was the fact that Dan Burke, after 23 seasons with the Pacers, he moves to uh, Philadelphia. 23 yeah, uh, what was what was his role with the Pacers? Um, still player development. Player I mean, development. he's okay. pretty much yeah. He's he's a pretty big guy known for uh, defensive acumen uh, around the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's uh, worked with guys like Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, Rick Carlisle, uh, Jim O'Brien, Frank Vogel. Uh, mm-hmm. Even oh yeah, I mean even McMillan's uh, used a very huge portion of his defensive acumen uh before he actually got sacked so to say but yeah i mean um uh, burke really grew under guys like rick edelman and uh, pj carlissimo so he knows his defensive stance very very well across mm. this league but yeah i mean when, when you have a guy like him uh on your coaching staff and you have incoming uh, front office talent that can actually pull off tra- trades left, right, and center very easily now. I mean, I'd really be curious uh, to even hear what that war room environment is going to be like. I mean, even in free agency, we could see some very interesting uh, changes occur. And yeah, I mean, everything is really up in the air with the 76. It's a really solid case study, as Ian said. I mean, um, very crazy things happening there. I mean, can you imagine a guy like Sam Hinkie that actually built up this whole trust of process environment now being taken over by Hinkie's old boss. <laughs> and now you have this uh, circumstance where Maury comes in and he's going to look to leave his uh, fingerprint on this all. Well, look, there's there's super teams on the court, and then there's there's super teams in the front office, and like Doc Rivers, Mike D'Antoni, that those are big names, and and uh, yeah. Burke, you, you just mentioned, like these are big names, and another kind of su- superstar or super team type coaching staff, uh, and also it, it kind of ties with the Rockets a little bit as well, with the, with Mike D'Antoni no longer coaching the Rockets and being an assistant coach. Under mm-hmm. Steve Nash, who's now the head coach of the Nets, they also have yeah. uh, Amari. They they also brought in Ime Udoka. So D'Antoni and Udoka were the same kind of news that came out of Woj uh, just like an hour ago, I think. Um, very 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 recent. That that I mean that's crazy that Nash and D'Antoni are back together on the same coaching staff with KD, Kyrie, and that and that whole thing. I'm curious what what, what y'all think about that. Uh, let's go to Zach this time. I think it's interesting just to start off with, like D'Antoni isn't even the lead assistant with this team. Like it's still Vaughn. Yeah, 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 so he's, exactly. He it took is, a it is much smaller role than he could have gotten anywhere else. Like like the OKC job is still open even for the head coach. So it's like he probably had some better offers and looks somewhere, but I think he just wanted to be with Nash and try to win something. Maybe he wanted right to now. chill out a little bit too. Like, yeah. I mean, not that he's going to chill out, but like head coach is a different, different level. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and even head assistant is a different level. And if he's just, you know, happy living life on, on this like contender team, helping with the offensive strategy. And he's a little bit less stressed uh, than, than he was with the Rockets after all those years. Like I'm sure, I'm sure it's a toll. Uh, 
So he gets to move to New York too. Exactly. Great spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, sort of like what Zach said as well, but it's a lot of personalities on the bench. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see how, uh, you know, Steve Nash, obviously first-time coach, he was a consultant with the Warriors, um, you know, whatever that meant, whether, whether, whether I was just working out KD or, you know, being around the team. But regardless of that, it's – I feel like the, you know, Ime Adoka has been talked about as like a head coach for a while. He was obviously – champ with the Spurs back in the early 2000s but uh you know they're kind of like bolstering with the exception of Amari you know they have some I don't want to say like a sort of just like a backing of like some actual head coaches not actual head coaches but head coaches that have experience sort of to provide I don't know some some experience on that on that uh coaching staff so it'll be really interesting I'm they're the, they're the on court wise. It'll be really interesting to see like their case study, see what off season moves they might make. So I'm and curious about. I, th- I think it's really important to note that you can't let innovation become novel. Um, the the 07 Suns were great, right? But now everyone is at 07 levels, 07 Suns on steroids levels, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that that is an efficient way to play. Everyone knows that. Uh, if you play with with, with pace and, and spread it out and whatever the Suns were doing, people are doing three times as that at this point. So uh, Nash and D'Antoni really were a trigger for a lot of people to see what what's possible along with Amari, who's also on this, <laughs> who's also on this staff. Um, but now they need to innovate again. They have KD, they have Kyrie, they have a loaded Eastern Conference that, and they they could be you know, one of the best teams if, if KD's kind of back and Kyrie, you know, focuses and, and, and all that shit. But um, they need to innovate. They, they need to be innovating like they did when they were on the Suns, but they need to find that new thing. Uh, Amai, what, what do you think of this whole Nets uh, staff situation? Think of two things. First off, well, veteran presence by a guy like D'Antoni it means obviously that Nash is definitely going to kind of perk up his resume even further, but you have two picks in the draft when you're considering yourself as a Mets. And it's already been heard by several sources by now that they're after that Arkansas sharpshooter. Uh, what's his face? Isaiah uh, Joe. Yeah. Isaiah Joe, right? Love him. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that kid. I think he could be kind of a sleeper maybe in the draft. But, I mean, if you have your draft pick at 19 and then at 55, and what, this kid Joe's somewhere in the late 40s in terms of I'd say a lot of the – He's probably gone by the mid-30s from what yeah, I think at least. He's gone by the mid-30s. But I mean, if – actually, you know what, that, that's a curious thing to look into, Zach. I mean, maybe – we got to consider the ESPN big board for how they, how they actually see this kid. I mean, if they, if they rank him a lot lower and then we consider that he's actually potentially a higher guy, then yeah. I mean, it, it could be very interesting again for the Nets. And I mean, it's moves like these that the, these front offices are going to actually bank on coming in and trying to make a hard hit. And then, uh, make even further moves across the season and be smart. I mean, yeah, you guys all said it till now. I mean, those seven sons were 
an amazing squad to, to watch. And now the turn comes where uh, this whole crew actually flips over and now what's going to happen? I mean, are they going to be also able to see themselves as the potential, uh, one of the two best front offices across the league? And we haven't even covered anything going on with the Lakers or the Magic or the Mavericks. But yeah, I mean, it's it's really nuts to consider that so much is happening on the player personnel and yet also equally, as Khan said, I mean, a lot of stuff is happening on the front office end too. And, you know, there's, there's a couple other moves on the front office slash coaching staff and that uh, maybe we don't need to open up. But I just want to mention at least Steve Silas, Rockets head coach. Yeah. That, that's a big move again with the Rockets. Same theme, a lot of mix mixing up with the Rockets. Uh, Mavs assistant Steve Silas and um, his he's the son of another Silas. I forgot his first name. Damn. What, what was... I just saw this tweet that like uh, after oh, twenty years, coach. Yeah. His, his, his dad, dad was, was head coach. coach. Yeah, Paul Paul Silas was his Paul dad, Silas. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. So anyway, that that's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm not really uh, well versed in Steven Silas's style or or anything. Uh, I just know that he's worked with the Mavs. They've had success under Carlisle, great mentor. Um, so let's see what he's gonna bring to the table. If anyone has anything to add there, um, speak up now or forever hold <laughs> all right let's move on let's move on to to something that affects the the players the the actual rosters that are playing on the court and not the the super team front offices um two separate pieces of news i think that one the one that affects both of them is the cap uh they did the calculations yeah. reported by Woj and, and zach Lowe. uh yeah. revenue drops 10 percent to 8.3 billion which normally in in that sort of situation would affect the cap um, it would have brought it down to 90 million if under normal circumstances. However, it dropped due to abnormal circumstances, so it's also going to stay uh, at 109 million due to abnormal circumstances. Yet again, they're kind of they're trying to avoid what happened in 2016, the opposite where it spiked up. They don't want to have the spike down um, and and then lift mm -hmm. back up. So they're artificially holding it up at 109, uh, which which makes sense. I, I think it does make sense. Um, I'm curious exactly. How that's going is it's probably coming out mostly from the owners end of things. If the players are still going to get this money, how yeah. are they going to smooth it out uh, moving forward? Is it going to drop by three to ten million next year? That would also not be good. Uh, maybe whatever gains they're going to do, they're probably just going to they're probably just going to eat into the gains of the next one to three years based on this loss and just keep it flat uh, for as long uh, as they can. That makes that makes most sense to me. That's what they should have done earlier um, in 2016 where they incremented mm -hmm. it up by you know a certain amount every year and kept it smooth uh, they're probably going to do that here but the opposite direction um, so I think that's the I think that's a smart move reportedly 200 million of that is from China that's uh, the, the China uh, thing with Daryl Morey uh, tying it full circle yeah, but that, that, that was going to happen in any case I mean the 200 million it was a given loss I mean after that whole Oh yeah, that that, I mean, that was gonna happen regardless. Uh, it, it's just to yeah. understand like like where where some of these mm -hmm. losses are coming from. Um, two hundred million. That's almost twenty to thirty percent of the whole drop. Uh, yeah. If if you're looking if you're looking at it that way, um. So that that is that is significant. Um. But you know, <laughs> shit happens. The salary caps are remaining stable though, and that's gonna keep at least 
the team construction and team building less affected uh, than it was before. And I'm curious, does anyone have uh, thoughts uh, on the cap smoothing, on the, the finances uh, of all this? What happened to the CBA opt-out deadline? So did, that, did, is that is that is that moving or does this still say the same date? So so the CBA opt out stuff uh, has been a constant conversation with with uh, since March 11th when the when the league shut down. Yeah. Um, after 60 days of inactivity, you can just burn the contract. Basically, um, in in the CBA, they could have just done that and then had to renegotiate. They kept on pushing back that. Uh, that like burned the contract type of conversation and mutually agreed cool. to keep the current CBA moving forward. But the opt-out isn't for, for um, 2022, 2023, like the actual CBA's contract ended six to seven years uh, from 2017 uh, when it, or 16 mm-hmm. when it took place. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's staying, they're, they're just constantly negotiating. Uh, Shift, stuff. Shifting it again. Yeah, they're, they're shifting everything a little bit um, ad hoc, uh, just like, our next topic, which is the 72 games, the or 70 to 72 games, the league starting on December 22nd, apparently. Um, the players aren't too happy about it. The front offices aren't too happy about it. The owners, I'm sure, are the reason why this is happening. It's not 100% settled yet, but it's it's reported that that is what the owners and the NBA wants. It's, it's highly likely that that will be the case. I mean, yeah. it's ownership... Uh, NBA front office, um, the marketing scheme, the whole fact that, I mean, impact that they're going to have to televise every single game naturally again. And, I mean, um, they're trying to get maximum uh, output out of this entire thing. And, I mean, if you risk at uh, having a full-length season played out, then um, predominantly marketing value is going to drop as they far as said but i mean i i honestly can't just imagine uh why that would happen i mean if you have more nba games obviously people are actually going to watch more i mean there there is actually no risk to that but yeah i mean uh the player group they definitely don't like the fact that they're going to have to play less games uh less games means less money uh obviously to that end i mean the, the, the practical logic of it is just not a solid outcome. But yeah, I mean, the grander scheme of things, hopefully if they figure out a way to deal better with uh, the outbreak, I think that that's also going to be a part of how they perceivably will be going through the season. Yeah. Um, Ian, any, any thoughts on, on this? Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I, I you're probably well more well versed in this than than myself, but like the idea of like the 60/40 split where you get, you know, 60% of your revenue from TV, 40% from I think from, you know, the stadium. I'm not sure if that's I heard that somewhere reiterating that, but um and then in some cases I know with the Warriors, it's like the other way around, right? So they have they make 80% of their money from uh, you know, stadium which is kind of crazy to think about at least i think that was the case last year um but it'll be just I, i'm really curious to see how uh you know the players association navigates this obviously like there's some timing stuff with the olympics and the back end um yeah they but, do not they do not want to run into the olympics which is another thing they want as many games as possible they, they uh yeah 
Exactly. So it'll just I'm just curious to see how they how they um you know figure it all out. So I was thinking at least from like a front office perspective, this is pretty rough for them considering they're going to the draft November eighteenth within with like with the projected calendar going straight into free agency seventy two hours later. And then basically as soon as those guys are signing, within a week or two, they're in camp. So it's a very quick turnaround for all these teams. I know it's a risk. Yeah. I forgot exactly what player it was, but he was basically saying like LeBron might not come back for the first month or two uh, in an interview. I was like, I kind of get that perspective, but I don't think that's realistic at all. I think everyone's still going to have to come back. I think a lot of that pressure is coming from ESPN, TNT, because they have those giant contracts and they want the value that they're paying for. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so many parties involved. Exactly. You kind of have to appease who's giving you 40% of your revenue. Sorry, Khan. I mean, uh, I don't recall where I actually read it. I, I think it was maybe through one of the reports I uh, get. But I, I think it was uh, the NBA's finance committee. They actually projected something. They, they, there was actually kind of like a 500 million revenue kind of difference if they started before Christmas versus if they started after Christmas or something. And again, I mean, it goes to that whole end of the partnerships. I mean, everybody involved, naturally, the, the kind of numbers that are being thrown out there and all these projections. I mean, it's it's a crazy amount. From the from, so, the, I mean, from the owners' end, the only reason that they would even they would they were even considering delaying it even more was because of they they wanted fans. They wanted the highest like the highest possibility probability mm-hmm. to get as many fans in there as possible. But they also knew that you probably couldn't start like in February. Like you kind of needed to start by MLK Day regardless. And they're like, okay, well, waiting till MLK isn't really going to change anything from the fan perspective. And Christmas is actually a huge reason, not because not just because of like Christmas games and every year, but Christmas is is like a a day where everyone is home, everyone is chilling. Like even NBA fans and non-NBA fans, um, for the most part, everyone is chilling. Uh, shouts to the hustlers out there working on Christmas, <laughs> um, <laughs> and and just having that whole day be NBA puts it on everyone's radar for the rest of the season as well. Like MLK Day isn't gonna put the NBA on the global radar as much as Christmas. And just even getting into that head, just like a marketing perspective, like getting into people's minds, getting the NBA back up and running on Christmas is a huge, huge mental psychological thing uh, that the that the league doesn't want to give up. It's not just about the Christmas Day games themselves, but it's about the attention that it brings for the future of the of that season as well. Um, and the, I think the players are going to have to see that and the players are also going to make more money because of this. Um, so so that that's always that uh, card that they'll take to the players negotiate. Hey, look, like you're, you're, you're going to make more money because of this too. If not, we're going to have to cut some of that or what, whatever they, they do in their negotiations. Um, but, but yeah, man, uh, Christmas day start is crazy. They did a lot of teams haven't really done much for a while, especially the non bubble teams. Um, and just like the bubble teams that were successful, you got to stay prepared even if things aren't really going on. Right? Like the, the teams that yeah, worked yeah, hard yeah. from March 11th to, 
uh, whenever the bubble started were the teams that fared better. And I think the front offices that have been working since the league shutdown to have an even better understanding of all the players, get get more information, because it's just time. You, you have more time to do this stuff. The, the offices that have been grinding a little bit harder are going to be more prepared for the draft and then the quick turnaround for free agency. And, and then... I mean, all these changes in the front offices are happening as well. So, like, there's so many different moving parts. Um, the, a whole team is moving hands right now as the Jazz uh, are being sold to uh, Ryan Qualtrics, too. But that's, you know, that's a, almost every topic. Am I? Any, any, anything uh, you want to add? Ryan on? Smith. Yeah, no, I mean, um, Ryan Smith's a guy that's been around the organization for uh, the Jazz. And, I mean, he's even been in commercials as far as I can recall. I mean, he's been in commercials with uh, with Mitchell, with Gobert in the past. So, I mean, his face is already known by uh, parts of the organization and also by the fans. So, I mean, it's really a gradual step towards how things are most probably going to grow. And with Qualytics, I think that we can safely assume that the Jazz will also bump up their style of analytics as well. Because currently, they're actually one of the, the lesser teams that use physical tracking data. They rely more, more on uh, optical uh, tracking stuff. And obviously, they're a very huge uh, synergy uh, partner. But yeah, I mean, uh, it would be curious to see how they actually uh, keep on uh, moving forward with uh, even their player group and the whole organization. I mean how marketing is going to be affected in itself. Uh, that to me is going to be most probably the, the biggest step that they take. I'm sure they're going to keep that uh, Qualtronics patch. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um, Zach or Ian, any any uh, thoughts before we close out here? I was going to say the most interesting part of that was the price point. Because mm. that $1.6 that's what they're valued at back in January or February. Yeah. So basically the shutdown hasn't affected valuations of teams at all. No. So that's a, that's a plus for the league. Even like back to the revenues, like losing only 10% of your revenue after all that went down, that's pretty impressive just because you'd expect it to be a lot more, probably more in the 20, 30% range. But keeping those revenues higher, keeping those team evaluations still up there at points, that bodes well for the league. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and again, the COVID situation was even less of a factor than the 10% because um, the China stuff happened as well, which, which, was, mm-hmm. a ma- which was a major thing. Um, Ian, any, anything you want to say? Well, I mean, just kind of like a last imparting question. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, we talk about like technology guys coming into the NBA space, even like Steve Ballmer, like that, that type of money entering into it um it'll it'll just be interesting to see like their willingness to spend especially just like new ownership's willingness to spend um in general i know the timberwolves or that's kind of also something that you know are they willing to pay certain taxes just an interesting study just an interesting question to ask like what that uh pattern usually is you know also how involved is the owner going to be you know the owner actually has the final say in any decision that's made and uh some owners you know uh, like to meddle around more than others um so uh, we're gonna yeah, hit me yeah, hit me on it thank you so much yeah. we're, we're gonna see we're gonna see uh what, what that kind of relationship uh, develops uh, in utah as well it's always interesting to see new ownership kind of 
put their stamp on how they're going to run a new team. Um, so, so I'll be looking uh, for those news pieces uh, coming in. Guys, how do, how do you like the new jerseys? I've been, I've only seen the Pelicans ones that people were not really feeling, um, but I need to do more Jersey research before I can give my opinion. No, I think you, you the not check, check them, check them out. I mean, I, I also just saw the Portland one. That one's crazy. That one's oh, crazy. <laughs> I mean, some of them are obviously going to be good, but I mean, I suspect that the the fact that I mean the the guys at Nike predominantly know what they're doing. Hopefully, they they come up with better designs. I mean, this 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 thing has to the Oregon one. Be sold. I mean, that's that's yeah. fine. Oh, the Valley one. I kind of I kind of like the Portland ones. The yeah. Valley one. I think they could have just done something crazy with that colorway, and they just didn't go for it. They could have done a Utah Jazz type of gradient. They 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 cut it off a little yeah. early. Like if the yellow mm-hmm. was on the bottom and it and it rose up to that dark purple uh, all the way, kind of like the Jazz do from red to dark brown. Exactly. Uh, uh, that could that could have looked really cool. But mm-hmm. I, I I like the valley. I like the valley. It's not bad. Just think of one thing, guys. All these jerseys they have to be sold globally. It's not just stateside any longer. It's it, it's all it's all globally that ha- they have to be sold. So. I mean, when you have a global marketing scheme coming out from Nike like this, and your big, your your biggest partner, the NBA, and all of its franchises are going to be involved, make better jerseys, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, interesting. Coming at the jerseys. Well, it's only like two or three teams that we've actually seen. Some of these, and and there's always you know a couple duds and always a couple of amazing jerseys as well so so we'll see as they as they come out but i can see how like maybe having oregon um be it, it's not as globally uh what's the word i don't know globally inviting <laughs> than, than like rip city I mean, or the valley uh, or or blazers on my end i'll just say this much so far the best jersey that i've liked so i mean on the these city editions things has been the the atlanta hawks hawks always kill the they're, jersey they're game, always though. stepping up always yeah. stepping up there the, the neon green, the red triangles, like they, they have a they have some dope designs. I really I really like what they're doing. The Pete Maravich Hawk ones are, are pretty cool. I'm looking Old it up right now. <laughs> but anyway, that we, we did get through all the topics. I mean, a lot of different things, a lot of things happening in the NBA. Uh, we hit on a lot of them. Uh, the draft is coming up, so so look out for a lot more uh, draft content from here in the in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it, it should be fun, and, and a lot more guests coming on too. Um, shouts to Aramai, uh, for letting me host this, this show weekly, uh, shouts to, uh, Ian and, and Zach coming through. And I, I got, I got, I got one, I got one, la- I got one yes. last thing to say before we do close off. The NBA has extended its betting and data partnerships, both with sports radar and with genius sports group. So that's also a big thing to look out for. And that was just recently signed at the beginning of this week. So it's very curious that this this is I think I think the first time this actually happened in an off season. Normally, this is an in season move that happens, and this indirectly actually means that the data sharing between the NBA, WNBA, especially with these betting data partners, is most probably going to grow even more since these kind of time shifts are actually happening. Hey Amen. They were already, you know, on the, having those discussions about making a really integrating betting and stuff. And then now this this revenue cut comes in like, you know, you know, they're trying to do everything they can to to accelerate 
to accelerate any increases that they were projecting um, through gambling and whatever else they do. Uh, I'm sure they're they're gonna you know take the time a little quicker on, on those decisions and uh, clearly they're doing that right now with the with the betting partner data. Um, so yeah. yeah, I expect more things, more innovations uh, like that to to be announced um, as as we approach the season, which is now less than two months away, uh, and yeah. we'll be and we'll be talking about everything every step of the way. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, check us out. APB show, Advanced Pro Basketball show. Appreciate everyone listening. Um, hashtag ADV Pro B Ball. ADV like Advanced Pro B Ball. Hit us with your questions or topics or thoughts or whatever you have, um, and and we'll talk to you next time. Peace.